This is Women's Australian Rules Football on RSN 927's digital channel Carnival. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel in Melbourne, Carnival. Also via the RSN Racing and Sport app and streaming at rsn.net.au. You can also stream the podcast anytime by going to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Deezer, the iHeartRadio website and app and our website at warfradio.com. Coming up in this week's episode, we're going to be previewing the Tasmanian State League women's grand final by catching up with Launceston captain Dion Taylor and Glenorchy captain Jenna Sullivan. We begin though with the latest women's footy news and unfortunately it's some very sad news. GWS Giants AFLW footballer Jacinda Barclay has passed away at the age of 29. The GWS Giants confirmed the news Wednesday morning and a statement has been put out by the AFL We'll have more on Jacinda and a special little tribute to her later on in the program. If you feel like you need someone to talk to, please call Lifeline on 13114. Continuing with our women's footy news and the last spots on the AFLW list have been filled in literally 24 to 48 hours after the draft was held last week. Four of those spots have been filled by South Australians. Collingwood has signed Bella Smith. St Kilda has added Talia Meyer, while Amber Ward and Lauren Gauci are off to the West Coast Eagles. Another Irish woman has been added to the AFLW with Brid Stack signing with the GWS Giants. And it appears two Richmond footballers will be missing out on a portion of the pre-season due to WNBL commitments. That is Tessa Levy, who is a recent draftee to the Richmond Football Club, and one of their stars, Monique Conti, are set to head up to Queensland to join the WNBL bubble. And that's your latest women's footy news. Time now for our scoreboard check as we head around the country to find out the results on the women's footy state leagues and grand finals will held over the weekend in Sydney and Canberra. In the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division, the Manly Warringah Wolves are premiers for 2020. They defeated the Inner West Magpies 6-10-46 to 4 125. Across to the AFL Canberra Senior First Grade Women's Competition, an upset in the grand final. Bell Connors 6 defeated Quimbian 5-1-31. Now across to Tasmania, where the Tasmanian State League Women's Competition are having a two-week final system. That was the semi-finals of first versus fourth and second versus third, with the winners going straight through the grand final. No preliminary final. And last Saturday, Launceston 9-9-63 defeated North Launceston 3-2-20, while in a thriller, Glen Orkey 4-1-25 defeated Clarence 3-3-21. That sets up a grand final showdown this Saturday, 12.15pm at Utah Stadium, Launceston versus Glenorchy. And up to Darwin for the NTFL Women's Premier League. Round 2 was played over the weekend. Nycliffe 8 6 defeated Waratah 3-11-29. Tracy Village 1-3-9 went down to Wanderers 10-11-71. Pint 4-4-28 defeated St Mary's 2 5 and the Darwin Buffets 11-5-71 defeated Southern Districts 3-4-22. The Palmerston Magpies 
had the bye. Looking ahead to round three, all games being played this Saturday. 10.30am at TAO Stadium, St Mary's versus the Darwin Buffets. 12pm at Norbuilt Oval, Southern Districts versus Waratah. 4pm at DXC Arena, Pint versus Palmerston Magpies. And at 6pm, the Twilight Game at TAO Oval number two, Wanderers versus Nightcliff. Tracy Village have the bye. And that's your scoreboard check from around the state leagues. And now on the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival, it's time to turn our attention towards the Tasmanian State League Women's Grand Final. It's Launceston versus Glenorchy this Saturday afternoon at UTAS Stadium. And it's great to have on the line the captain of the Launceston Blues in Dion Taylor. Dion, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm feeling fantastic because I always love talking about football. And for you, you're the last State League Grand Final to be held for 2020. Um, how are the nerves feeling as we start to count down the sleeps to this Saturday? Yeah, so the nerves have been pretty high. Um, obviously, we'll be a lot higher closer to the day, um, but I think nerves are good. So looking forward to it. Let's rewind back for a moment to around uh, March. How are you feeling at that stage? We're all watching AFLW, the year's going along as normal, and then this pandemic hits and your football season gets put on hold. Yeah, it was a bit of a strange um, time for everyone, really. Um, we did start a bit of pre-season, but obviously that got held up. Um, the girls really took it under their wings to still um, keep their fitness up, but um, once we got back started, it was good. Good to get going again. The surreal feeling of having a grand final in October. Yes, no, it's good. The weather's a bit nicer, um, a lot warmer. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. As we look at the ladder to end the year, what a year for both yourself, Glenorchy, and the team that be knocked out in one of the semi-finals, Clarence. Uh, you all finished on six and two each percentage, separating the three of you. Yeah, I know. Um, there's not much separating us three. Um, I think whoever plays better on the day will get it done. Um, but no, it's really exciting. Really looking forward to um, the hard match on on Saturday. Let's talk about that form coming into the grand final. Of course, you had your semi final on the weekend. A different structure it was one v four and two v three. Winners go straight through to the grand final. Um, Brooke Brown, fresh of being uh, drafted into the AFLW by uh, the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos. Talk about making a statement. Five goals yeah. for you on the weekend. I know she's unreal. She's um, quite a reserved person, a reserved player. So. To see that she's finally hitting that form that we know that she can hit um, at the back end of the season, it's really exciting. Molly Clark also chipping in with a lazy three. Yeah, Molly, she's um, she's also quite reserved, so it was good to see her get um, the cheeky three. Um, she got a few out the back that we laugh about, but now it's really good to see her hit the scoreboard. And the good news is you've got a smattering of experience throughout the side in AFLW and also those that have played state league football for a number of years. Of course, the most obvious name, uh, Mia King, uh, named in the best six time out of eight matches this year. Yeah, Mia, she's an unreal player. She's naturally, like, she's a natural ball winner. We're very lucky to have her. We're extremely lucky to have her this year. Um, we didn't get to have her at the end of the season last year due to injury, so... Thanks to the pandemic, we actually got to keep her this year, which was nice. Daria Bannister as well, um, 13 goals for the season. Yeah, she's also an unreal player. Um, she's she's a hard nut, gets in there and gets the job done. We're very, very lucky to have um, such 
good versatile players like those two on our team, and especially Brooke Brown adding to them as well. And talk us through these three. They've been hot on Mia and Daria's tail when it comes to being named in the best. Angela Dixon, um, uh, you also got Camilla Taylor and Kelsey Hill. Yeah, so Camilla and Kelsey are both young players. Um, I think Camilla's an overage state player this year. Um, they're both in the Devils program. Um, and, and she's just, she's unreal. She To be able to coach us and play and put in all the effort she does on and off the field, it's a credit to herself. She's unreal. Of course, your opponents uh, for this Saturday afternoon are going to be the Glenorchy Football Club. You've only had two losses for the year and they've both been to Glenorchy. But when we start to dissect things and look very closely at the results, it's really just been one quarter in each match than Glenorchy's got away from you. What do you see that is? Um, was it more of a case of uh, just the, the fitness being up to scratch at, at that stage of the season? Or was it, okay, just a bit of a mental relapse, something that we've got to focus on coming into this Saturday? Um, yeah, we always seem to lose it in a particular quarter, but um, I think when it comes down to it, we just need to polish um, our forward 50 entries and probably execute more on the scoreboard. Um, so Norky are a very, very good side. We always know that we're going to have a physical game against them, but we've um, we've reflected on what we need to do, and I think this game will be a lot different to the last two. Who do you see as the biggest threats from the Glenorchy side that you've got to make sure you put the clamp on? Oh, they've got a they've got a handful of really really good players that we really need to shut down. But obviously, um, Genevieve Sullivan in the ruck, she's an unreal ruck. She's strong, um, and obviously also Sarah Skinner. She's she's dangerous through the mid north, also up forward. I guess there's one mental advantage you do have over Glenorchy. You've played each other in a grand final once back in 2017 and you got the chocolates that day. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, I wasn't around then, but yeah, no, the girls still talk about that day. I think this Saturday will be um, definitely one to watch. And Dion, for yourself personally, what would it mean to you, your first season as captain there at Launceston in what has been a crazy year worldwide in 2020 to be able to walk away at the end of the day with that Premiership Cup? Oh, God, it gives me goosebumps even thinking about it. It'd be unreal. I think the girls, we really do deserve, both teams deserve it, but I think after everything that we've been through down here, I think it'd be an unreal result. Well, Dion, thanks very much for joining us here on the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN Carnival. And we wish you and the Launceston Blues all the very best as you take on the Glenorchy Magpies this Saturday at UTAS Stadium in the Tasmanian State League Women's Grand Final. Well, thank you very much for having me. We'll have more of the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival right after this. Been playing for a while, sweet kicks. Cause footy makes you smile Sweet kicks football If you're getting ready for the trials Gotta go the extra mile Sweet kicks football Not always hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au. Gotta go the extra mile.
Sweet Kicks Football. Continuing our look at the Tasmanian State League Women's Grand Final here on the Women's Australian Girls Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival. We turn our attention now to the Glenorchy Football Club. They're looking to knock off Launceston, knock off the minor premier, still the chocolates take home the 2020 flag. And they've beaten Launceston twice this year, so they're in with the show. And it's great to have on the line the captain of the Glenorchy Magpies, Jen Sullivan. Jen, how are you? Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. As we speak, we're counting down the sleeves to uh, this Saturday at Utah Stadium. How are the nerves feeling at this stage? Oh, look, not too bad. Um, more excitement. We're really prepared for the match. So um, everyone's just really looking forward to it and we can't wait to get round to the day. Now, I've already asked this question to your Launceston counterpart and I'll ask the same to you. Um, how's it been trying to prepare twice, I guess, for this um, crazy season? Everyone was raring to go February, March for a normal season. COVID obviously hit, everything stopped, and then you got to restart again when we kicked off around July. Uh, yeah, look, it wasn't easy, um, particularly for us. I know every team sort of started their game and so, um, we started. Uh, we actually lost 14 players from last year. Um, so started with a really fresh new team. Some players, you know, hadn't even played before. So um, when we were steaming along really well in pre-season, um, just starting to gel together, and then, of course, everything stopped. So we pretty much hit the reset button and started from scratch as soon as um, we were permitted to start training together again. Um, so for us, it was um, quite a big challenge, and um, it impacted us, I'd, I'd like to think, more than... Um, a lot of the other teams that have played together for years on end. and um, But here we are and we got through it, we got through it together and um, overall it, it couldn't have been too bad because um, we're in a grand final. So, yeah. That's extraordinary to lose 14 players. In a normal circumstance when you've got a longer season and you're playing 15, 16 or so rounds, um, not that anyone wants to lose, but it's okay to lose a couple of games early while you're trying to gel and everyone's trying to figure each other out and then you try and build momentum as the season goes along. How's it been for this shortened season? As much as it states 12 rounds, everyone had a handful of buys in there, so you really only had about eight or nine games and you had to get cracking early to make sure that you're in the top four. That's exactly right. So um, it, we had uh, we had about 22 players on paper as well. So um, with a couple of injuries, that number has moved to 21 players. Um, and so we also had, you know, those inexperienced players that probably weren't um, starting our starting 16. Um, it was challenging as well to get them some exposure, which is typically what you would do in the first few rounds of a, of a larger season, really try and, um, you know, get them into the game, um, teach them the game, um, and, of course, just experience it. But um, we didn't have that luxury this year, so um, we just had to make do with what we had, and um, everyone's really come together, worked really hard for each other, and um, it all worked out all right in the end. So, um, But, yeah, new team, um, fresh faces, and I think that that's probably our um, what's going to get other teams unstuck this year is that we can't really... It's not a team that we've been playing for years on end. We're very new, very unpredictable. So all in all, again, it worked out in our favour. And you had a great morale boost early in the season uh, in round four, knocking off Launceston uh, to the tune of uh, 26 points. A uh, three-goal final quarter to a scoreless final quarter from Launceston helped you get away from their clutches. And then you got the wood over them again in round eight, this time a closer affair where you won by 10 points. 
Yeah, so we're really fortunate to have um, beaten Launceston uh, twice so far. Um, we're not letting that take anything away from them coming the grand final. We know that they're extremely hungry um, for redemption after last year um, and that, of course, last year they were the um, undefeated. So um, we we know that it's um, level playing field. Obviously, we'd like to think that we've got the upper hand having um, beat them twice, but we thought, um, you know, on the flip side, we've just played Clarence where they had defeated us twice um, and we come back and we're able to turn the tables a little bit. So um, taking nothing away from them, it's, it's level heading going into the grand final and, and that's how we'll, we'll treat it. Talk about that experience of going through that uh, elimination semi against Clarence because you found yourself down at every break. You were down by a goal at quarter time, a point at half time, two points at three quarter time. They obviously had uh, years and years of grand final experience uh, under their belt. As you said, you've got a fairly newer side. How on the nerves in this situation where you're down, you've got to pull something out of the fire? Yeah, so I think for us, we, we had a lot of belief heading into that game because um, you're right, that's last year's um, premiership team virtually. Um, I don't think the team differed too much to what won the premiership last year. So um, we knew um, going into the very first round, that was our first game, new team. Um, the wheels fell off a little bit. I think we um, we lost by 30-odd points. Um, but then playing them round two, um, we only lost by 12. So we knew that we were building and that we were building to something special. We knew it was going to be down to the wire. We we absolutely expected a really tough battle. But us going uh, into half time, and I think we were down by perhaps three points at half time. Um, I think we knew. We knew that what we had to do, we knew that um, we were building and that they just weren't going to overrun us this time. And we stuck together. We um, just played the game as per the coach's instructions and, um, yeah, eventually eventually got over them. So a big day with Launceston this Saturday at Utah Stadium in the grand final. Let's talk about players coming in form into this uh, grand final. The one name that clearly stands out is Sarah Skinner. 18 goals for the season, named in the best seven times. Yeah, she's she's an unreal athlete, um, really, really hard worker and a great team player. So um, I'm really excited to see what she can do for us this weekend. Um, every game she gets better. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what she can bring to the table. What can you tell us about Molly Mitchell at the moment? She's averaging more than a goal a game, 10 goals for the season so far. Yeah, so Molly's uh, moved down uh, from Wynyard this year um, and she played a more of a regional league up there. So we were pretty um, interested to see what she could bring to the state league team. Um, really happy to have her along. And from the moment she hit the track in pre-season, she, she was just arguably our hardest, hardest on the track. She um, absolutely the most consistent in terms of turning up and, um, yeah, really pushed. So we were really impressed with her and... We thought she'd play in the midfield this year. Um, but after a few games, you know, with a rotation, we popped her in the forward line and she just dominated. She's just, she's ball hungry. She's winner. Um, she's always first to the footy. And if uh, her opponent is first to the footy, I pray for them because she's got a really mean tackle on her. And um, yeah, she's just, she's absolutely killing it this year. So really impressed with her too. A couple of well-known recruits coming into the side and they've uh, been in the best uh, seven and six times, respectively. Uh, Zoe Crawford coming across from Clarence and Libby Haynes coming across from your grand final opponents, Launceston. 
Yes, yes. So Zoli, um, I was really excited about this one. I've known Zoli for many, many years and played football against her and netball against her. Um, and when she, she mentioned um, that she might think about State League again, we, we really encouraged her to come along. Um, it, we've obviously, she's played for Clarence for many years, so we uh, were rivals to her. Um, but she took a leap of faith and she has, she's an absolute leader on the field. She, she's such an intelligent footballer. And um, she's just so nurturing to the team. So she's really sort of our team mum. Um, she's just, she's lovely to have around and she is in really good form, probably the best form I've ever seen her in, um, which is great. So um, Libby also come down, um, she moved down when, with Molly uh, from Wynyard and she is just an absolute athlete. So obviously an ex-AFLW player. Uh, for North Melbourne and um, it just it shines it stands out for her so um, she's absolutely elite um, she's our our um, most consistent backman this year and um, yeah as you said um, consistently in the the best players and it's really well deserved a very humble player another couple of players hitting form at the right time with a standout performance in last week's uh, semi-final uh, first of all Tiana Ford kicking two goals in a very low scoring uh, semi-final and also a uh, name best on ground Macklin Sutcliffe yeah so um, Tiana Ford can't one um, that I know she is a little pocket rocket so um, she's come a long way to Zoe from um, previous years playing with Clarence so um, really great to have her along and she's She's really dangerous. She's really underestimated, which is um, probably her secret weapon. And, um, you know, she just puts it on the boot and she just finds the, the middle of the stick. So um, love having her along and um, she's, she's one to keep an eye out for in this grand final. This is in the big moment. She really does step up. Um, Mackie. So Mackie um, is, she's been, played with Glenelg for quite a few years now and um, just, she's so consistent. So every year, um, She'll sort of potter along throughout the year. And then when it comes to the big moments, she really steps up and she just brings brings the house down with her skill. She's got unbelievable skill. Um, her her marks, her her kicks, everything. She just she really knows in those crucial moments that she's got a she's got a win the footy and for that she does. She never lets anyone down. She really deserved that best on ground last weekend. For your opponents on Saturday, they do have a, a fair bit of AFLW experience in their side, including Mia King, Daria Bannister and Brooke Brown, who's just been recently recruited by North Melbourne and kicked five goals um, last week. What do you think you need to concentrate on to be able to stop Launceston and get yourself the flag? So I think for us, um, we've got a real... Uh, they've got quite a few... Um, Big, big names in their team, particularly now with Brooke Brown. And, you know, the game she played on the weekend was incredible. She's she's a real threat. Um, so we've got a couple of key players that, that might put on a few tags. Um, just to nullify that a little bit, we obviously know that, you know, they're very dominant players, so um, it's not going to be an easy job. But I think the good thing for us is that our skill level is so evenly spread. So although we might um, we might have a couple of players we might assign to... to some of their big names, we've got players equally as capable um, coming in to, to take some of the workload. So that's, um, that's where our strength lies, is just our even spread of skill. Um, obviously, they've got, they've got insane skill throughout many numbers in their team, but um, I think they've got a, a few key players that if we can take them out of the game, hopefully it just breaks it open a little bit. And finally, Jen, what would it mean to you personally after the, the, the crazy year that we've been through with COVID, having a huge turnover of players that 
when the final siren goes on Saturday, you ought to be standing there on the podium holding aloft the Tasmanian State League Women's Premiership Cup? Yeah, look, it would it would mean a whole lot for me. I think um, particularly our coach, he's went through so much um, grief this year, not to mention you know the, the throwing about with COVID, as I'm sure other coaches have, but particularly for him, it's been a really um, emotional year for him and his family. So um, for him, it would mean so much to me to be able to to be able to do something to reward him for all the effort he's putting this year, given the circumstances. And um, more importantly for our girls, um, our girls have just been fantastic this year. And um, it's such a great group. They're full of smiles, regardless of what happens. Um, full of smiles. They're so obedient and um, are willing to, to give everything for each other. So... Um, it would mean a lot, and, and I'm really hungry for that. And we'll do everything we can to make that happen. Well, Jen, thanks very much for joining us here on the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN Carnival. And we wish you and the Glenorchy District Magpies all the very best this Saturday as you take on the Launceston Blues in the Tasmanian State League Women's Grand Final. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. We'll be back with the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast here on RSN Carnival in just a moment. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at alnf.org. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au on RSN 927's digital radio channel in Melbourne, Carnival, you're listening to the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast. I'm Peter Holden. As we mentioned in the news segment at the top of the program, GWS Giants AFLW footballer Jacinda Barclay has passed away at just the age of 29. This news was confirmed by the Giants this morning, and I read this statement from their website. The Giants are deeply saddened by the passing of AFLW player Jacinda Barclay. Jacinda played 23 games for the Giants across four seasons after being drafted from the UNSW Eastern Suburbs Bulldogs with pick 65 in the inaugural 2016 AFL Women's Draft. Giants Chief Executive David Matthews said Jacinda was a much-loved member of the Giants family and we are all devastated by her passing. Jacinda gave up a great deal to follow her sporting dreams around the world. We are grateful that she called our club home for four years. As an inaugural Giants AFLW player, Jacinda was a vital part of our club. More than that, though, Jacinda's spirit and infectious personality made her popular and and an unforgettable member of the Giants family. She'll always be part of our club. Our thoughts and condolences are with Jacinda's family and friends during this extremely tough time. A statement was also put out by the AFL, and I read the quotes from the head of women's football, Nicole Livingston. There are a few words that can express at this time other than to convey our sadness and sincerest condolences to the Barclay family. 
Cinder's loss will be taken very hard by so many people within our game across all levels. On behalf of the AFL, I would like to express my deepest compassion to the Barclay family, friends and colleagues. In a moment's time, I'm going to delve back into the archives and play an interview from 2017 with Jacinda Barclay, or as she was known on her Facebook page, simply known as Cinder. So personally, I got to know Cinder since 2017 when I read about this Aussie Sparks women's touring program, giving an opportunity to allow um, women's footballers, those that hadn't made the national level but had aspirations, a chance to tour overseas, see elite sporting facilities and what it's like to lead that elite athlete life to hopefully, you know, help their dreams of uh, one day making it to the national level. The Aussie Sparks uh, women's football uh, program that Jacinda was responsible for, along with Rob Novotny, would end up actually having two players uh, drafted out of their initial tour. Um, Emily Maguire would be uh, drafted to the Fremantle Dockers. Um, while she was in California, she heard the news, and then a day later, Melissa Freckleton was signed to the GWS Giants. And, of course, we interviewed Melissa just a, a week or so ago here on this uh, program for the Inner West Magpies that were playing in the AFL Sydney Grand Final this weekend just gone. After first um, interviewing Cinder, we uh, got to know her a little better and we, we communicated uh, regularly over time leading up to the tour. We were writing then for the uh, former girlsplayfooty.com website and we pumped it up because we we're excited by this venture of giving women's footballers a go and more importantly, a women's footballer taking charge of it. And uh, Jacinda brought great people into the program, including Nicole Graves, who would end up um, coaching the tour and she'd be joined, I guess, as an assistant coach by uh, Fremantle captain, uh, then known as Cara Dunnellan, of course, now known as Cara Antonio. I got to meet uh, Jacinda face-to-face personally at the International Cup in 2017. Uh, And we had a good long uh, chat um, at uh, what's now known as Marvel Stadium as we were ready to watch the women's grand final between Canada and Ireland. And she was so excited, uh, not for just the first tour, but for what the tour could be in years to come. They were talking about doing the USA along with Canada in, in 2018, which unfortunately didn't come about, but they were talking with um, uh, the British and the Irish about doing some type of uh, European tour for their program. They were full of ideas, and more importantly, as, as you'll hear in this interview, she was full of life. Uh, ironically, um, despite her organising the whole 2017 Aussie Sparks tour, she actually never flew across the US. She actually had visa troubles. Um, A year beforehand, in 2016, she actually played as a quarterback in uh, the LFL, which was dubbed the Lingerie Football League when it originally began. Um, Ladies Gridiron, in other words. Um, She plays a championship quarterback for the uh, Chicago Bliss, and they were amateurs. Um, and you could stay in the US uh, on this uh, visa as, uh, well, without a visa, should I say, uh, for up to three months, as long as you're an amateur. You're not a uh, professional. Um, she was trying to advocate for better paying conditions uh, for the players in the LFL. The owner didn't like it, um, allegedly dobbed her in to, to uh, customs. And when she tried to come back to the USA in 2017 to lead the Aussie Sparks tour, 
um, she was denied entry originally, uh, saying that she uh, broached um, uh, entry conditions. And uh, it was a long process uh, for her to finally be given a, a visa that would be good for five years. But by that time, the tour was almost over. So it was rather sad that she actually never got to come to the US with the Aussie Sparks tour, that she was um, virtually the brains behind. Um, but she did have hopes for more things. And she always had hopes for better paying conditions for women's athletes, as we talked about just then with the LFL and trying to get them better uh, paying conditions instead of just being amateur athletes. Uh, last year, in October, you may be aware of the AFL women's CBA dispute. Of course, the uh, famous um, uh, no vote that happened where about a third of players originally voted no to, to block the passage of the CBA before a deal was uh, finally worked out. Um, Jacinda was actually one of the no voters and she contacted me October last year looking for some, um, I guess, media guidance of how to try and stir up some more support for the um, no vote. Uh, unfortunately, I was uh, in the middle of holidays in North America, so I could help a little bit, but I probably didn't help as much as I should have. And for that, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't push and, and do more or try and figure out a way I know my head wasn't there because I was on holidays, but that's not an excuse. I mean, they're, they're fighting for their livelihood, and I'm, I'm sad that I couldn't, you know, really help push her cause um, more because um, she was fighting the good fight. A couple of months ago, um, when we talked about the sign and trade period with uh, Peter Williams from Draft Central, we're going through all the lists of uh, players, and I noticed Jacinda's name missing from the GWS Giants. Now, she wasn't delisted, but she just wasn't listed in the um, team. And I just thought, oh, it's just a reporter error from the AFL. They just haven't listed her name. Until I, I read some time later that she ended up um, uh, being dubbed as an inactive player for 2021. So she was still a GWS Giants player, but wasn't going to play in the 2021 season. Um, that, to me, sounded odd. And to be honest, maybe I should have picked up the phone since I knew Jacinda and I'd spoken with her last year, as I said, um, and I should have uh, asked if everything's okay. I, I sat back because I thought, oh, I don't want to pry into it just in case, you know, something going on. And I couldn't pull through for a last time in October. So I'll sit back and, um, yeah, I'll just see if any news comes out. Unfortunately, news has come out and it's, and, and it's the worst possible news that she's passed away at the age of 29. Maybe I should have picked up the phone and called. <sighs> we'll never know. Those questions we'll never know. And all I can say personally is if you feel like you should call someone, just do it. Pick up the phone and call them. Who knows what that conversation may lead to. Maybe it will lead to a better and avoid other situations occurring. On that note, um, my heart goes out to those that have played with her at the Giants and through local clubs, Swan Districts and the UNSW Eastern Suburbs Bulldogs, those who played baseball with her, especially when she represented Australia, and those who played Ladies Gridiron with her, with the Chicago Bliss and the New South Wales Surge. And for those that have worked with her, and of, all, of course her friends that have known her for such a long time and her family, my deepest, deepest thoughts and condolences um, to you. And if at any time you're struggling with this news, I ask that you please pick up the phone, call a loved one, or if you feel like you can't talk to them and you need to talk to someone else, call Lifeline. The number is 131114. That number again for Lifeline, 131114. 
So as a little tribute to Cinder, I'm, I'm going to play back the first ever interview we did with her back in 2017, talking about the tour idea that she came up with, the Aussie Sparks, and you can just hear in her voice how full of life she is. And Cinder, we're going to miss you. Jacinda, thank you very much for joining us. Now, just a few months ago, you were playing footy in Greater Western Sydney, so I have to ask the question. We're speaking to you right now in WA. What are you doing in Perth? I know. Well, this is where actually I originated from, so I'm just down in my own town just to visit some family back here. Well, it's great to have you back home because when I say that, you've been all over the place, including the US. You've got this US footy tour coming up. But first of all, uh, you were more recently in the US as back as 2016 where you were a quarterback for the Chicago Bliss. Correct. Yeah, that's right. I was over there for about six months. So um, it was a great little adventure, that one. So before this footy tour, which will include obviously a lot of um, uh, coaching over there in America, how much did you get involved in the American system over there and uh, the elite training that comes with that? Yeah, quite a lot, actually. I've been um, immersed in that kind of training and those facilities for a number of years now. Um, I'd say, actually, and since I was 14, um, I started travelling and touring um, with this particular company, actually, um, Champions International. So since then, I've really grown and seen a lot of diversity over there. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I definitely applaud it. So Aussie Sparks, how did this uh, idea all come about? Aussie Sparks, so Aussie Sparks is actually uh, already touring. Um, they usually run baseball to- um, tours. So at this point now that we've just um, touched into so much AFL and development and so many girls interested, we thought that uh, the idea would be absolutely superb because um, there's just so much football, AFL football in uh, the States that has just been untouched really and so many willing girls um, to be involved. So we'd love to share our kind of, travel and touring expertise and, um, yeah, invite other girls to come along. There's as much as 17 women's programs happening over in the U.S. at the moment with the U.S. AFL, and I believe you even did a training session or two with the Chicago Swans. I did, actually, yeah. So that's where I was based over there for six months. So um, I did my little due diligence and I looked it up, and what do you know, they had a Chicago Swans um, team there. So, yeah, they were very um, welcoming and inviting, and I went down and trained with them for, um, yeah, just under a month. So I met some um, really nice people, and they were all very willing to learn more about the game. So how did this idea and concept for an Australian footy tour of the US come about? Well, I just think it would be amazing to be able to actually um, give the experience to young travellers and um, those maybe pursuing an AFLW career um, the uh, you know the opportunity to travel um, one so and to develop and um, kind of immerse themselves in that kind of expertise that uh, USA I believe actually have. Plus we're able to take over there our experiences and uh, enable USA AFL um, you know players to be able to learn us off us and be able to grow the game. Now, it's not just yourself going over and those obviously signing up to join. I'll, I'll mention a couple of members as part of your crew. First of all, you, as a coup, you've managed to get the Frio Dockers captain herself, Cara Dunallen. We have Cara. Cara's jumped on board, which we're really excited about. She's um, going to be a huge asset to the tour. And also as well, Nicole Graves, of course, the Level 3 AFL high-performance coach, been around in women's footy for goodness knows how long and was part, of course, an Australian tour to Ireland back in 2006. So she already knows all about this overseas footy trips. She does. She's going to be great. I think she's going to be able to offer um, a lot of insight into the 
structures and the skills and abilities and the craft um, that, that we require into this game. So we're really excited to have her on board and managing the tour as well. So this trip's running uh, over a couple of weeks. It's running from October 11 to 26. So what's involved? What cities are going? What's going to happen essentially for the whole 15 days? Yeah, so we'll be visiting LA, which is really exciting. We'll be there for a couple of days and we'll jump over and um, we'll be running some clinics in San Francisco and we'll be actually involving ourselves in some exhibition games there with the San Francisco Kangaroos, I believe they are. And then we'll be jumping down. We'll be going to San Diego as well. So all in all, we'll be experiencing um, a lot of clinics, a lot of high-performance training, um, as well as these exhibition games. And um, possibly playing, well, we will be playing the um, USA All-Stars team at the actual tournament, at the competition. Um, so we're basically prepping and assisting and um, just helping develop basically our own skills as our team, as well as in turn inviting and, and developing um, the USA girls as well. And of course those teams over in the US uh, such as the Los Angeles Dragons uh, over on the women's side in San Francisco they're the Iron Maidens, current reigning champions might I add of, yes. of the US AFL and of course you mentioned San Diego and San Diego is not just any old stop it is the big US AFL Nationals where there's about 2,000 people that will be in attendance either playing uh, officiating or spectating that's correct. It's going to be really exciting. They're already really excited to have us. And as well as part of your uh, tour, you've got some high-performance training with some top American NCAA schools. Uh, what's, what's all involved in this? Well, that's obviously that's going to be showcasing their diversity. So a, a bit of range in, in training structure, um, a bit of change in program. So it's really opening all the girls' eyes up to the possibilities of what kind of training schemes they can have. And they can take what they choose out of that and apply it to their own performance, really. And how excited are the Americans as well? As you said, you're coming over, you're hosting a few clinics. Uh, how, how excited were they when you reached out to them saying you want an Aussie side, including yourself, including Cara and whoever else signs up, to take on whoever they've got available at the Nationals? Yeah, well, they actually reached out to us, actually, or to Australia in general and clubs over Australia. Um, they were in search of you know, having a team come over and help and develop and um, involve themselves in this national. So we definitely took it up and um, they're more more than happy to have us and we're more than happy to um, be going down there to involve ourselves. Now, for the Aussie Sparks Tour, there is limited spots. So, so how many are you looking to take over to the US? There are, yeah. We're looking to take 30 girls. Um, so we've already put out our registration form and flyers. Um, so we have had quite a few people interested um so yeah definitely we can get those registrations coming in and we will be locking those off um by the end of the week so by the end of the week friday june 9th if you want to head along um the cost uh four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars uh, includes i believe airfares hotel ground transport uh many meals uh all your gear high performance training playing fees and i guess much much more much much more that's right so uh, that sounds like a terrific deal. Now, obviously, if anyone's interested or they want a little bit more information to take part in the tour running October 11 to 26, what can they do? Whether you can jump on our Facebook page. We've got the Aussie Sparks Women's Touring Group. Um, so just jump on there and all the information will be on there as well. And you can just email me directly. And um, if you have any inquiries, I can definitely get back to you. And that email address, aussie.sparks.footy at gmail.com or you can go to the website, aussiesparks.net. Uh, just yourself personally, uh, just said you're counting down the days. You've only got, uh, what is it, four months to go until you're over there. I know, short, sharp. We're ready to go. We're really excited. Can't wait.
Well, Jacinda, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we wish you all the very best for the USA-Australian footy tour in San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego coming up in October. Beautiful. Thanks so much for having us. Again, we just played back that interview from Jacinda Barclay. If you've just joined us, the sad news that GWS Giants AFLW footballer Jacinda Barclay has passed away at the age of 29. And again, after hearing that interview, if you feel like you need to reach out and talk to someone, please call Lifeline on 13114. We'll be back with the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast on RSN 927's digital radio channel Carnival next Wednesday at 6pm Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And it will be our last episode for 2020 before we take our summer break. If you need to reach out to us, please contact us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Just put a slash at the end and WARF Radio. Again, thanks for listening and bye for now.